Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And his younger self gave his older self a kissy. Oh. <laughs> did you like that? Yes, I'm I did. so glad. And if I'm all about the kissy. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to this show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is because what we do on this show, typically what we do on this show, is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible and quite like this week when the movie does come out, we go and see it and see how close we got to actually predicting it. And this week, we're looking at a movie that we covered all the way back, geez, when was it? 2020? 2021? I can't remember. We covered it in- It was 2021. Yes. It was 2021. So, all the way back then, back in the heady days of this podcast, back in the early years of this show, we had no information for this movie. We had no trailers. We had like one little byline that we had to base our whole plots on. So, we basically went into this whole plot prediction with complete baseless speculation. Yes, this was a movie we weren't sure was actually going to come out. We thought it might be scrapped. We didn't know what was happening with it. We had, as you said, no information, no trailer, nothing. We thought it might even be a circumstance of someone was just filming Nick Cage in their backyard with an iPhone. (laughs) Like, it'd be a real low-budget movie. But thankfully, thankfully that wasn't the case because this week, we haven't said it yet, we're here to talk about how well we did with predicting the plot of the unbearable weight of massive talent. Of course, the big Nick Cage playing himself vehicle that I think everybody heard about. Don't know if anyone saw it, to be honest. (laughs) I know Matty D went to the cinema to see it and, like, it didn't work. And you had to, like, yes. get your money refunded? Yes, that's what right. The story I there? totally forgot about that. So, I booked tickets to see this movie. And I this went- This is all the way back in- Yes. Was it 2021 or I, was it 2022 by this point? Uh, it came- It, came it was 2022. It was 2022. That's right. Yeah, it was. Me and a few friends of mine bought tickets to the movie because they were excited to see it as well, as well as I was. And when we sat down, it was just taking a long time for the movie to actually air. It was was buffering. uh, It was one of those circles on the screen. Not even. There was a bunch of staff moving back and forth, back and forth. I had my big popcorn with me, of course. Yep. And then all of a sudden, a guy came out and said, "Uh, sorry, everybody, we've had some technical difficulties. We'll refund all your money. We can't watch this movie today. And everyone went, oh. And I think it was the, like, premiere. I think it was the first time it was screening as well. Okay. So, you went on, like, a Thursday evening. Something like that, yeah. the preview showing. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, this movie's cursed. And yeah. I only watched this movie- Two days ago. Two days ago. Wow. Okay. Well, I was lucky enough to see it in cinemas. So I went to a cinemas where they weren't having technical difficulties. So, I've got to say it was great watching this movie with an audience. Typically, when I go to the cinemas, I'm usually like, there's maybe one or two people there. But this was actually, I think I went in the evening and there was quite a few people there. And it was quite an experience, which is always fun. It's always fun to have like an engaged audience when you Mm. see these things. But speaking of cinemas, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can. Because in cinemas right now is Creed 3. Yes. A movie that I'm actually excited to go and see in the cinema. That's a, that's a good cinema movie, I think. Maybe we should see it together if you have time. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, you, oh. I'll be by myself as per usual. <laughs> I want to see it with you. I wanted to see this movie with you. I want to see Crete, though. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, let's get into talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent. What, well, this specifically, podcast? Yeah, I was going to say, specifically the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to go there. <laughs> it was like a fight to who gets to that joke. How much do you think this movie made in the worldwide box office? I can't imagine terribly much. It, it had a $30 million budget, by the way. $30 million, Which is okay. a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. That is a lot higher than I thought it would be as well. Um, okay. Well, I think, let's say, 
55 mil. 55 million. Yeah. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. But it made $29.1 million. Oh, this is a flop, is it? Yeah, it was a flop. Made no money in the... It made less than its budget. Yeah, and I was guessing it to be a flop anyway. Yeah. So, that's So, even really the number bad. that you threw out, the number that you threw out still would have been a flop. Yes, I know. But that that's, that's really bad. Yes. They actually talked about it in the movie as well, if you remember. Like, remember they were being very meta with, like, their story. They're like, what is this story about, like... Will people even be interested in seeing it if it's not, like, a part of a larger franchise, if it's not, like, a Marvel movie? They even called out Marvel movies in the movie itself. They said, people aren't going to be drawn to a movie like this if it's not a Marvel movie. So, I guess we shouldn't be surprised, and they shouldn't be surprised, that they didn't quite make the money that they wanted to. Well, they did say as well that they needed a a hook to draw people into this movie that they were making in the movie. That's right. And I think their hook was the whole, you know, drug dealer going wrong kind of scenario, but uh, yeah, maybe that didn't work. Which wasn't an element in the movie, but we'll get into that. <laughs> I think Nicolas Cage was the one hook that they had yes. getting people in the movie. <laughs> maybe the whole box office for this movie actually came from that premiere that they had in the movie. Like all of those actors <laughs> actually had to pay to watch the movie, even though they were in it. <laughs> Remember they were standing up and applauding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was real. That was the real premiere of the movie. They filmed the premiere and attached it to the release, the cinematic release. So, before we cover how well we did with predicting this movie, let's go over our point system. So, we have sort of like a a level of points that we give out. So, if we... There was no trailer for this, so we're going to potentially get a lot more two-pointers than we usually would. So, so if we come up with something that has is based on no information, we get two points. If we say something that we drew from prior knowledge, we get a single point. And if we say something that's kind of on the right track, but not quite there, we get half a point. Yeah. So and if we're dead wrong, zero points. So, pretty much if we talk about Nicolas Cage being in the movie, if we talk about, you know, Harvey being there, if we, yeah. you know, that that's where we're getting our points because that's, that's pretty right. much all we knew about the movie. Everything so, else is um, sort of up for grabs. If you remember, so you should already have listened to our original The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent episode we did all the way back in 2021, because otherwise you're going to be lost with this episode. But if you remember in that episode, all the information was that Nicolas Cage, he's down on his luck. He's not getting the roles that he wants. He ends up being invited to a birthday party for a notorious drug dealer. They did say drug dealer in that original description for $1 million. That's all the information we had. Did it say that he was down on his luck? It did. Okay. So, yeah, we knew that he was, you know, money hungry, essentially, and and not getting big pitches. Well, it was based on real life, so that's pretty easy to work (laughs) out. But uh, No, he's been in a fair few crackers recently. He didn't go anywhere. He was always there, right? not that he ever went anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we based our entire plots just based on that little line there. We knew nothing about the characters really beyond Nicolas Cage. We didn't even really know what Nicolas Cage was going to be like in the movie. So, it was kind of interesting to actually compare what we said to the real movie because- in a lot of circumstances, we sort of pulled stuff out that really surprised me, I've got to say. Yes. And in other circumstances, I think we had a completely different impression of what the movie was going to be compared to what they delivered. So, I'm really excited to sort of get into it and really get into the movie that we had in our heads versus what they actually gave us. Now, you went first in that original episode, didn't you? Oh, it was me, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Did I have a crazy plot for this you one? You certainly did. I can't wait to get into it. Now, so I, th- I think I said I was confident, but I wasn't confident you, with you were how, so confident. I, how I called the movie. I, I was You're confident. like, the movie's probably not going to be like this, but I'm very happy with what I've written. <laughs> I don't know why. I was, I was proud of what I brought to the table here, and surprisingly- I'm going to hear it from you, I guess, but there was some things there that were kind of close to what I said yeah. in the original prediction. So, some how- things in the movie, you mean? Yes, I don't think he turned into Superman at the end, but uh, tell <laughs> Aside me. Aside how- from that, <laughs> yes, all on the money. So let's get into. You can't it. have it all. 
So you said that the movie would start with a young DH Nick Cage on the set of a fictional movie. Now, I gave you two half points for that. Because Thank you. The movie does start with footage of an actual Nick Cage movie. I believe it was Con Air. Yes, it was. And the movie does feature a young Nick Cage known as Nicky, who's sort of like his invisible friend who keeps sort of encouraging him to be the Nicholas Cage of old. Yeah, it's kind of like he's in a child that, or, or, or kind of his guilt manifestation, I guess. That's you right. You could take it as that. It, you know, he's he's always sort of tormenting Nicholas Cage and giving him second. But he looks like early 90s Nick Cage. That's right. Which is funny because in that episode, you said they wouldn't have the budget or wouldn't spend the budget to make a DH Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Who was right there? Not in the context that I thought, but- yeah. You know. Well, I was wrong. I didn't know what the budget of the movie was going to be. We knew nothing about this movie. <laughs> yes. You said that in present day, we'll see that Nick Cage is living in California, nice and broad there, and he's <laughs> depressed and down on his luck. I gave you two points for that. That's a single point for each point there. Yep. You said that Nick Cage is washed up in the movie you meant and isn't booking any jobs. Gave you two points for that because that's exactly right. Yeah, I guess it's true, right? He's He's fighting for jobs in the movie. That's right. So, of all people, he goes begging for a movie role with David Gordon Green. Did you know who that was? No. Were well, you just like, who's this guy? Yeah, I was, yeah. Do you know who David Gordon Green is? What did he do? He was the director of Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Uh, so, he was chasing him for a role. And I was like, <laughs> Nick, Nick, abort, you don't want that role. <laughs> Could be interesting. He also did, you know, Halloween, which we did like, but he yes. also did movies like Your Highness and all of those weird sort of stoner comedies with uh, Danny McBride. Right. So, he's that sort of director. I don't know why Nick Cage was so keen. He's, they were sort of- Matty D and I did actually end up reading the original script after we recorded that original episode. And in the original script, it was actually Tarantino who was in the David Gordon Green role, wow. if you remember. Okay. They're just swapping out Tarantino for just a lesser known director, I guess. Right. And it, it would have made more sense. I guess they couldn't get Tarantino, but it would have made more sense for it to be Tarantino given the movie that they were making. That's right. Which is what you kind of called in your prediction. That's right. So, I would have been on the money there if you know they'd yeah. actually gone with what was in the script. Which I was very surprised to see. Well, actually, they did mention Tarantino in the original plot description, which is where I got that idea from. Well, they said the movie is a mix between- It becomes Tarantino. a Tarantino movie, I think yeah. they said it was like Tarantino meets being John Malkovich, or maybe I got that wrong, but they definitely- Well, that's what you said about said, it. They definitely said it was Tarantino-esque. That's right. So, I was yeah. like, well, of course, Nicolas Cage is trying to get into a Tarantino movie. And I also thought by the end of the movie, they would reveal that they're in a movie being directed by Quentin Tarantino. I didn't mention that in my plot, but it was an idea that I had later on. So, back to your plot. You said that Nick is on the outs with his family. Two points. We didn't know that. No. Something we said in that original episode as well, we didn't know the name of Nick Cage's wife. So, we just called her Sharon, which was her actress's first name. But her name was Olivia in the actual movie. Stuff we didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Not that it really impacted your points at all. You said that Nick's agent tells him that there's no acting gigs available for him. I gave you half a point because that's basically the case. But his agent, who was Neil Patrick Harris in the movie, yeah. weirdly enough, like we're supposed to pretend like he's not famous. <laughs> and Nick Cage is. I kept being like, so is that person playing themselves or are they playing an actor? <laughs> I don't and, know. And a character, also, I mean. Also, he didn't really do much. So, it was just a really interesting no. casting choice. You, they you, could have just cast anybody. Yeah, they could have. But they, they, they picked They chose this- someone who was really recognisable. Yes. Really well no known. Reason. Really famous. And has like a lot of energy and comic timing. And just they didn't utilise him at all. He didn't play a part in anything really. Yeah, that's right. And his agent is really pushing him to reinvent himself and just sort of get himself out there. And I think he's even suggesting he does like lower budget movies and Nick Cage is like, no way. (laughs) Which is something I predicted he would do. But like he sort of, they did the opposite in the actual movie. Like even Nick Cage is above doing, well, actually in the movie, Nick Cage is above doing like really (laughs) low budget crappy movies. I love that uh, caveat you put there. You said that Nick is approached by a shady businesswoman and they (laughs) meet at a diner. (laughs) That doesn't happen at all. No, it doesn't. No diners. 
You said that the shady businesswoman offers Nick a million dollars to attend the birthday party of a super fan. Gave you half a point because it's actually Nick's agent, Neil Patrick Harris, who offers him this gig. Yes. Well, you thought the same thing. That's right. It's crazy. We had the exact same thought on how this movie would start, like, to the line. I know, that's crazy. It's we crazy. spend too much time with each other. <laughs> yes. So, you said that Nick declines the birthday party offer. I gave you two points for that, because that's exactly correct. And quite like me, you thought that the businesswoman would give Nick a business card, just in case he changes his mind. Right. Doesn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we're, we're kind of guessing Squid Game here. So, I mean, like, we're just, you know, a few years ahead. Yeah, okay. Not familiar with the show myself, but uh, I'll take your word for it. You said that Nick's bills are stacking up and people are chasing him for money. Two points. That's exactly the case. And you said that Nick bumps into John Travolta, of all people, who was doing better than him. <laughs> Not the case. He's too busy off filming. Uh, what was that That movie with Fred Durst? Uh, it was Fred Durst directed it and it was a movie about himself. It was called The Fan, I think. The Fanatic. That's what it was called. Okay. About John Travolta? About so, Fred John, Durst. It, John Travolta plays like a crazy fan who's stalking like the Fred Durst character. Oh, okay. But that was a much lower budget and so, much more poorly received yeah, movie than I, this one. I, I so. haven't heard of that movie. I'm guessing it's not really a movie. No. A lot of people are hearing about. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> okay. But it came out around the same time as we right. were doing this plot. So, I knew that John Travolta wouldn't be in this because even Nick Cage is doing better than John Travolta <laughs> in real life. You said that Nick is pulled over by the police who take him to the police station. This never happens in the movie. You said that one of the police officers who arrests Nick Cage is Tiffany Haddish. I gave you a point and a half for that because she is one of the agents involved, but she's working for the CIA. She's not just a random policeman. Well, look, just replace police with CIA. I and, will not. Uh, and, and that's pretty much where I'm going with this. You said that Tiffany Haddish's character, whose name was Vivian in the actual movie, mm. says that the birthday party he was invited to was for a notorious drug dealer who they've been investigating. I gave you another point and a half for that because they do reveal to Nick Cage that Harvey is a notorious arms dealer. Yeah. That's the, that's the only real difference there. Probably the reason that you said they were police and not any sort of higher level of investigators. Because I'm an idiot. Is, yeah, well, that's the first reason. <laughs> but no, the, I think the actual reason was your whole movie took place in California and they didn't right. leave LA at any point. So, it would make more sense that local police would be investigating this. Of course. You also said, oh, maybe they're FBI. But again, that's still not correct because the FBI wouldn't be investigating a case in a foreign country. Yeah. That's the grounds of the CIA. But you just apparently had no idea what the CIA were or what they did. <laughs> So, you said that's- Glad you made sense of that, Kieran. Yes. So, you said that since Harvey has only killed bad people, the police don't have any grounds to arrest him. You didn't actually say that, but that's <laughs> what you implied. So, they want to send Nick Cage into the birthday party undercover to gather more evidence. Right. So, two points. Jokes aside, that is what they actually wanted him yes. to do. The only difference- Yeah. The only difference being is- Oh, no. That does really play out the way it does in the movie, doesn't that's it? That's right. Yeah. Well, the difference is that Nick Cage has already met Harvey and made friends with him at yep. this point, and then the and then the the two CIA agents approach him, you know, the day after, or basically the day before the birthday party, but the day after he's first met Harvey and bonded with him. So Nick Cage already has sort of reservations about turning against his friend at this point. But in your plot, this is all happening before Nick ever meets Harvey. You said that the police, the police make Nick wear a wire at Harvey's birthday party. Two points there. They do exactly. You said that Nick isn't too keen on the idea. I don't know why but he doesn't have much of a choice otherwise. Two points. Cool. You said that the police promised Nick- Sorry. <laughs> I already know where you're going with this too. <laughs> you said that the police promised Nick that he could keep the money after Harvey has been busted because they're terrible police officers. <laughs> but you know, I love the police in the Matty D movie universe. <laughs> Completely useless. They're really good at capturing bad guys and sending them to jail. Hopeless at everything else. <laughs> yes. And, and laws are just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you laws can... are just like jelly in the Matty D <laughs> movie universe. You can keep the money- you can keep the proceeds of crime. If a bad guy kills bad people, that means they're innocent. Yep. Just great. This is Holly, great Hollywood. stuff. You said that Nick entering Harvey's birthday party is played for tension, and we think that Nick is going to be caught. 
It's actually played for laughs how he enters the birthday party. It is. Everything's all played pretty happy until, you know, Nick has his first meeting with the CIA, which happens later on. Well, there's a few tense scenes, you know, throughout throughout the sort of day. Not at the start. No, but when he starts working with the CIA is when that Yeah, exactly. Well, happening. you're saying this is before- Yes, that's right. Point. So, in the actual context of the movie, the whole initial meeting with Harvey you said would be played for tension. It's not in the actual movie. No, not at all. You said that Harvey's mansion would be in California as well. It's not. It's actually in Mallorca. Yes. I don't know why you thought it would just be in California. Oh, wait. I do know why. We'll get to it after the end. It needed to be, Kieran. Yes. <laughs> you said that Harvey is set up as an intimidating presence, but he's affable towards Cage. The exact opposite is true. Yeah, he's a, he's a goofy, lovable guy. Right? Yes. And we're never asked to believe him as um, intimidating oh, or a killer at all. Okay, this is not me fighting for points, but I will say that there are portions of the movie where we think he's the bad guy, so we're kind of sus about him. We think yeah. that he's really nice and really affable, but he has in like a very a, loose way. He has like a malicious side that we're not seeing, but it turns out that's not the case at all. That's right. You said that Harvey tells Nick that he misses when movies were great. I gave you half a point for that because Harvey's cousin Lucas actually says that to Nick in the in the same scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, they're sitting by the pool. I think they've just met Nick at this stage and yeah, Lucas is introduced and then he says, oh, your, your movies back in the 80s were great. Well, movies should be more like that. You said that Harvey has props and costumes for Nick Cage to use in a little performance. I gave you a point and a half for that because he does have a collection of props and costumes and Nick does end up using some of the props by the end of the movie. But he's not forced to wear them or ask no. to wear them or anything like that. No, there's no little performance going on. <laughs> no. You said that Harvey wants Nick to perform some of his iconic roles at his birthday party. <laughs> no, more so he wants Nick just to read his script. Yep. Now, I actually, every time that you made a reference to a Nick Cage movie that they referenced in this actual movie, I gave you bonus points, just so you know. So I you're did getting the your same first with you. Perfect. So you're getting your first bonus point right now. You mentioned the the whole put the bunny back in the box scene from Con Air, and Nick actually says the line in the movie when he's looking at the stuffed bunny, and I'm so happy. It's <laughs> like, well done, Matty D. Well done, movie too, I suppose. Yeah. You said that Nick has very little enthusiasm for acting out his iconic scenes. Not really the case at all. He's very full of himself in this movie. <laughs> You get another bonus point as well because you mentioned that Nick Cage would be forced to do a scene from Face Off and Nick Cage ends up referencing Face Off several times in the actual movie. It's a big part of the movie. You said that Harvey kills a goon because he mixes up Nick Cage with Arnold Schwarzenegger and then asks Nick to continue performing. Never happens. That's not Harvey's character at all. No, we both no, got no, Harvey's really. character completely wrong. Which really hurt our plots, I think. Yes. It's the main thing that hurt our plots is yes. not knowing his character. Yeah, that's right. But did it hurt our impressions of the movie? I guess we'll talk about we it a little later. We kind of thought he was like Tuco from Breaking Bad. That's right. pretty much any kind of mobster guy that becomes friends with our hero. Yeah. That's sort of the impression that you're forced to get when you read the little information that we had as yes. well. So, I don't see how you could have taken it any other way. It's and not until the trailers came out. If we'd seen the trailers, I think we would have nailed this movie yeah. because it wasn't until the trailers came out that it became very clear what sort of movie it was going to be. But we didn't have that luxury, so you can't really blame us here. You said that Nick is upset by the violence and he says he wants to leave. In the actual movie, Nick ends up staying longer than he's asked to be there. To help the CIA. To hip- yeah, to help the CIA. Rescue a girl. Rescue the president's daughter, <laughs> interestingly enough. You said that Harvey reveals that he has Nick's wife and child somewhere as leverage. I gave you a point and a half for that because we knew that this was going to happen. They mentioned this in the little plot synopsis. Uh, Harvey does actually bring Olivia and Addie to his house, but for noble intentions. But Nick mistakenly believes that Harvey is holding them hostage because he thinks Harvey's the bad guy at this point. And Addie is held hostage later in the movie. So, you're on the right track there. Now, you get another bonus point here as well, because you mentioned that Nick Cage will reference National Treasure. There's actually a National Treasure poster in the movie, and Nick and Harvey talk about National Treasure a little later on in the plot as well. Right. Didn't I say that they were going to do a scavenger hunt or something like that? That's right. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's as close as you got. <laughs> well, you actually do get uh, bonus points for that whole 
little theory that you had as well, because you get a bonus point for mentioning that Harvey would have a copy of Nick Cage's autobiography. He does in his collection of <laughs> Nicolas Cage stuff. I saw it there and I was like, oh my God. Oh, there we go. I didn't notice it. So, you get a bonus point for that. And you said that Nick Cage will say that they should reenact National Treasure, giving him an excuse to sneak around Harvey's mansion. Gave you half a point because Nick just sneaks around Harvey's mansion regardless. <laughs> he, he just is like, all right, the lights went off and on. I'm going to go off and <laughs> snoop around. And not get caught. And not get caught. It's terrible security. You said that Nick wants to gather hard evidence on Harvey, even though he just killed a man in front of him and they have that on tape through the wire. And he also kidnapped his wife and daughter, which they have on the wire. No, that's not the case. In uh, you, I gave you half a point. Sorry, I gave you a point and a half of that because in the actual movie, he sneaks off to hack into Harvey's security cameras to get information for the CIA. Yes, he does do that. Which is, that was a really cool scene. I like that scene. Yeah, it was a fun scene. The audience loved it that I saw it with. Oh, they yeah. were laughing their ass off oh, during fantastic. that scene. Now, interestingly enough, during your plot at this point, I mentioned offhandedly that the agents are probably thinking that Harvey kidnapped the president's daughter, which was the exact plot <laughs> of the movie. I couldn't believe it. Did you say that as a joke or legit? I just said it offhand because I was like, why would they need more information? Because you were saying, oh, he needs more hard information. I was like, yeah. why would they need more information? Oh, maybe they think he kidnapped the president's daughter or something. <laughs> which is the plot which of the movie. Yeah, which is the actual plot of the movie. I couldn't believe it listening back. I was just like, oh, man, why didn't I say that in my plot? But I should, I should get bonus points for that as yeah, well. Yeah, I'll give you a bonus point for it. Brilliant. You said that Harvey finds Nick sneaking around and corners him. I give you two points. That does actually happen in the movie. He's trying to get into like a, a mirrored doorway where Harvey keeps all of his Nick Cage props. And they sort of play that for a little bit of tension. But yeah, it is something that does happen in the movie. You said that Harvey has Nick do a scene from Adaptation and Nick uses this opportunity to knock Harvey out. Never happens. No, they do reference Adaptation, don't they? No, they never mentioned Adaptation. No? I thought they said Adaptation is underrated. Or is that a different movie? Yeah, I don't, re- I don't remember them mentioning Adaptation at all. You said that Nick pushes Harvey's body out the window and drives off with an unconscious Harvey to find the police. Now, the closest thing to this happening in the movie is Nick driving while Harvey is sleeping next to him, but that's not close enough to what you said. Do you, remember what, do you remember what I said? I found a picture on the internet where yes. um, there, was a, there was a shot of Harvey asleep and Nick Cage driving. So, I was like, that's oh, right. he's knocked out. And that did happen in the movie, but he's just asleep. Yeah, is he's that just the asleep. bit where they're on LSD? Which, That's right. By the way, terrible idea to go. Oh, when I saw that scene, I was like, they're driving on LSD? Yes. It is a terrible idea. Oh. I mean, it doesn't really work out for them, but. You said that Nick books himself into a sleazy hotel and tells the cloak that the unconscious Harvey is his drunk husband. Not the case at all. <laughs> Interesting point, though. You said that Nick contacts the police and tells them where he's hiding. I give you half a point because at several points in the movie, Nick calls the CIA agents a few times for further information and help, but they never really give him any. You said that Nick is contacted by Neil Patrick Harris, of all people, who has been working as a secret agent ever since he was a child. So, the actor, Neil Patrick Harris, has always been a secret agent. I really like that point. It's not the case at all in the actual movie. It's no more silly than what they did do with him. He's not a secret agent. He's a regular Hollywood agent. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. I got got the wrong agent. (laughs) You said that Neil Patrick Harris tells Nick that the police have been bought off by a rival of Harvey. Not the case at all. In fact, they're killed by uh, Harvey's cousin. You said that the corrupt police want to kill Harvey and sabotage the investigation since it will reveal that the police are involved with the crime. Huh? Don't know why. Why are they doing the investigation in the first place? Like, Nick Cage, we really need you to go in undercover because we're stuck here. We need you to gather information that we don't actually want or need. Didn't make any sense to me. Don't ask me. It was back in 2021. Yeah, you're a different man now. Different man. You said that Nick sees on the TV that he is being accused of working with Harvey. (laughs) It's not the case at all. You said that a bunch of goons turn up to kill Harvey and a shootout ensues with Harvey and Nick being forced to work together. I gave you two points for that. 
Because that technically does happen yeah, in the movie. and they do work together. I mean, Harvey's right. a good guy. We yeah. find out at the end, but yeah. That it was happen. never in doubt. We're supposed to buy that he's thinking about killing Nick Cage, but I never thought he was going to. Yeah, but is that because you read the leaked script, though? No, not really. It's just through the performance. Okay. You said that the movie then becomes a buddy action movie with Harvey secretly plotting to double-cross Nick. Gave you half a point for that, because technically it does become a buddy action movie. It does, but there's no double-crossing. No. Or intended double-crossing. No, not at all. You said that Nick teams up with Agent Patrick Harris and Harvey kills Harris and returns to his loyal goons. Not the case at all. Completely different Just movie trying to shoehorn him in there somewhere. Yeah, this this completely off the rails at this point. You said that Harvey and his goons chase Nick all the way to Alcatraz Island. No, that's not the case at all. I haven't heard all. many points in a while. Nope. You said, uh, for some reason, Nick goes to a different island. I don't know where there's another. I guess there's an island called Treasure Island near uh, Alcatraz Island. But yeah, he goes to a different island and has a confrontation with the corrupt cops, Harvey, and Harvey's unnamed rival. Because, Kieran, it'd be unrealistic that he got into Alcatraz. Yeah. Why not? It's a it'd tourist destination. Un- unrealistic. Okay, fair enough. Because everything else has been so realistic. <laughs> exactly. You said that we have a massive shootout in which Nick Cage dresses up as Superman. Gave you half a point. They had a shootout. You said that a clone of Nick Cage appears and the two cages fight. God, I'm amazing. No. I mean, yeah, he's double. I mean, like his younger version, Nikki, is in the movie and they have a kissy, but no, that's not close (laughs) enough to count. You said that Harvey's unnamed rival gets kicked out of a window and falls to his death. No, that doesn't happen. You said that the final battle will be scored with a soundtrack from Kick-Ass. No, that doesn't happen either. You said that while hiding behind Harvey's car, a bullet opens the trunk to reveal a cage full of bees. Yes. Of course that doesn't happen. You said that Nick forces the cage of bees onto Harvey's head. No, that never happens. And I gave you a bonus point here because Nick Cage actually says not the bees in the actual movie. Oh, I'm glad to get a point off that. You see, you deserve a bonus point there for the reference. You said that everyone gets arrested and Cage... See, look, this is where the police are handy. They're just coming in and arrest everybody, including the, their own kind. <laughs> yeah. And Cage is reunited with his family. I gave you a point and a half for that because Cage is reunited with his family in the actual movie right at the end. But all of the baddies are killed and nobody's arrested. I guess you could presume that Nick Cage and his wife and family are all arrested by the, you know, the consulate sort of police officers they have there. But, you know, it doesn't matter. You said that Nick fixes his relationship with his wife and daughter. Two points. Well done. You said that Nick says that he's going to take a break from acting before walking off into the sunset. Gave you half a point for that because at the start of the movie, Nick Cage does say he's going to quit acting. uh, But this only lasts for about 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And the movie ends with him declaring that he's back. Not that he ever went anywhere. Because I'm kind of wrong. In that respect. Yes. Yeah, which is why I only gave you half a point. So, that's all of the points you got for your plot prediction. Yeah! Which gives you a total of... How well do you think you did? I don't care, because that is probably the best plot I've ever written. Well, I don't know about that. I think so. I think um, you've written... I think your James Bond plot was better, to be <laughs> The honest. James Bond plot was good. I'm so happy with that. So, I'm so happy hearing that. I don't care what I got. You what got did a total of 41 points, yeah. which is pretty good. That's okay. That's better than I thought. Yeah. It's better than I thought you were going to get too. That's a masterpiece there. It's better than you usually get these days. Master. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. Definitely thought it was a different movie than what it ended up being. I think think it was- My version was more extreme of what they actually did. Yeah. It was like a watered down version of it. So, if like Judd Apatow or somebody like that directed the movie, it might have been like that. But since the director is sort of like a a, a newbie director, hasn't really done a lot of work, you know, I don't think they really had the budget to go balls to the wall like you had. But I was still impressed with what they actually did. But let's get into that after we see how well I did. One day when we remake this movie. All right. Okay. So, let's talk about your plot. So, you said the film was going to open up with Nicolas Cage on set. Mm -hmm. Uh, It actually opens with the girl, the president's daughter, getting kidnapped, watching old Nick Cage movies. 
But we she do, really loves Nick Cage. She she's loves- sitting there being like, "Oh, Nicolas Cage, he's so brilliant." Now, if this was a realistic movie, <laughs> oh, okay. what would have happened was it would have cut to them, like the the president's and daughter, the boyfriend, and, likes and the boyfriend. It. They would have been like laughing their asses off. They would have been pointing at the screen and laughing and being like, "Oh man, Nick Cage is so great." <laughs> Not being, like, actually impressed oh with his God, acting. His, his acting is stellar. No, it would be the boyfriend that likes him, and then the girlfriend's because like, why are we watching this movie? In all realism, nobody goes into a Nick Cage movie going, like, I'm going to see some stellar acting. Everyone goes into a Nick Cage movie to laugh and have a good time. Unless we're watching Adaptation. Unless we're watching Adaptation. But even then, the movie approaches Nick Cage in a, in a very jokey way. Yeah. It'd be like well, <laughs> watching a Sylvester Stallone movie that isn't Rocky it, and being like, oh, it, Sylvester Stallone, he's so brilliant. It is It is a- f- it is a fiction. <laughs> it yes. is a work of fiction. You have to yes. kind of go with it. Pretend that he's like this, uh, you know, his, acclaimed- his deity. Yeah. They're sort of treating him like he's Leonardo DiCaprio or yes, something like that. they really are. They really are. But he pokes enough fun of himself that I think it's okay. Yes. Yeah. I think it works so, overall. You were wrong with how the movie start, but you did You did sort of talk about Nick Cage, um, you know, being in a film. I give you half a point yeah. because- I he, said it was like a low-budget student film. Yes. He is trying to land a role, as we've spoken about before, and that's where Nicolas Cage is actually introduced. He's doing- He's forcing a read onto- David onto, Gordon Green. Yes, exactly. Now, you said that Vivian was going to be his agent. Mm. That is incorrect, as we've she spoken She is an about. agent. She is- <laughs> no, we've, we switched. Yeah. It's Neil Patrick Harris is, is the agent. That's and she right. is the CIA agent. So, you're incorrect there. You thought that Cage would be cast in a Tarantino movie, but is disappointed that Tarantino wants to cast him as a crazy version of himself. Crazy Cage, as you mentioned a few times there. I'll give you half a point because he isn't- cast in a movie but he's still kind of like down in his luck and he's not getting the roles that he wants well essentially the the movie that david gordon green wanted him for like it was a sure thing and then nick cage ruins it by like just being too much and embarrassing david gordon green well, in front is, of it everybody. A, is it a sure thing yeah he's basically saying like oh you don't need to read for me i know who you are i know exactly oh, interesting because i took that as he wasn't interested he was like go away like i don't want you to read don't like just yeah i'll call you you know that's what i took it as I didn't take no, it as he had it. I also took it as like, oh, yeah, he'd like to have Nicolas Cage in the movie. But then, like I said, Nicolas Cage makes a dick of himself and embarrasses David in front of all the, you know, the people and the staff. And then, you know, he's really put off by that, decides not to, to go with him. Because yeah. he's like, this guy's too much. Yeah. Well, I guess that he does embarrass himself in that respect. But I- I, I, I saw the movie twice. Okay, well- <laughs> I've had lots of time to come up with my impression. I still think it deserves half a point. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm moving, still wrong. Moving on. Now, you said that Nick loses the gig- it's yep. true, he does. Not in the way that you imagine, but he does. So, two points there. You said that Nicolas Cage is depressed mm-hmm. and he's sad by this. He says he wants to retire. Two points. Yeah. We didn't know that. And that's what happens in the movie. You said that Neil Patrick Harris would appear as a cameo and be a super mm-hmm. fan of Nicolas Cage. I don't know why they didn't do that. Well, yeah. I mean, that would have been fun. But as we've yeah. said, he was the agent, not a super fan. I guess you could argue he's a fan of Nicolas Cage, but he doesn't seem to care about him either way. He just wants, you know, book him work. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. You said that Addy was a 16-year-old. So, yep. I'll give you two points for Her that. 16th birthday is in the movie. <laughs> that's exactly right. And you said that she is embarrassed by Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you thought that she was embarrassed by Nick Cage, the person. She's more embarrassed by his drunken antics, but I give you two points regardless because that is the case. She does say with the dinner with Harvey later in the movie that she is embarrassed by him most of the time. Oh, so. okay. I thought, it was, case. I thought it was just how he was, you know. Not- she already was embarrassed by him at the start of the movie, so <laughs> even before the birthday song. Yeah. Oh, that birthday song was such a pain to watch. Yes. I was like, please, can we cut away? Can we cut away, please? Yeah. <laughs> 
He said that Nick Cage lives by himself and is mm-hmm. depressed down on his luck. Two sets of two points there. We didn't really know that going in. I guess we could say that from the bio, but yeah, I think it's worth four. In your plot, Nick is approached by a shady stranger. Does this sound yes. familiar? In the movie, though, it is his agent that tells him about this birthday party. I'll give yeah. you half a point because it is lined up, but it's not exactly what happens in the movie. Yeah, You said that the CIA approached Nick to use him to get to Harvey. Mm. This is the case in the movie, but only when Nick is already at Harvey's yeah. place. I'll give you one point for that. It's the same as in your plot. Same as in my plot, exactly. You were right that Harvey is a super fan. This is something mm-hmm. we knew already, but I give you points for that. You described that Harvey's manner is like the Scarface mansion. Good enough for me. I'll give yeah. you two points. You get a point for referencing the bunny line, which actually happens in the movie. It's not in yep. the context that you thought it was, but I give you a bonus point for that. Well done, me. Well done, you. You're correct that Harvey wants to do a movie with Nick Cage. There was no information yep. that this was the case, so I'll give you two points. In your plot, Nicolas Cage att- attends the party and he's given a choice of costumes to wear. Doesn't yeah. quite happen, but he does attend the party. Half a point there. Why were there no Wild at Heart references in this movie? That's like the know. perfect movie to reference. I guess it's too obscure these days. There was a lot of movies I was surprised weren't referenced here. Yeah. Yeah, me too, to be honest. Vampire's Kiss was never brought no. up. No. I- I'm assuming there's got to be some, like, rights. Yeah. With with what they that's can That's got to be the case. So, they were cool with Con Air. That was totally Well, fine. that's a really well-known movie. And, and Face uh, Off. Face Off, really well-known movie. I think they were just going for, like, lowest common denominator when it comes to, like, Nick Cage fandom. Maybe. Maybe. And they did reference National Treasure as well, so, yeah. <laughs> Surprise, the Sorcerer's Apprentice wasn't the, brought up. Jesus Christ. The Croods? Yeah, Croods 2. <laughs> Croods 2. Which was a movie I had no- I was, like, the other CIA agent in that scene. I was like, what the fuck is Croods 2? <laughs> I think it was a movie that we almost covered, but didn't. Well, he's in Cruise One as well, I think. I don't know anything about <laughs> these movies. It's a it's a caveman animated movie. Yeah, okay. Anyway, back to your plot. You said that the character of Gabriella, we didn't know what her name was in the movie, mm-hmm. but it was Gabriella in the movie, would be Harvey's bored wife. Now, mm-hmm. who she is is- She's his assistant. She's his assistant. they and have she, a secret relationship. They have a secret romance. They can't be together because of the lives that they live. Harvey doesn't want her to be endangered. That's right. But, you know, you called that there was some kind of romantic relationship based on mm. nothing at all, so give you half a point. Cool. And you also, like, added her into the movie, which I don't think I did. No, you didn't. You said that Nick would be the guest of honour to the party. This is the case, but he would be mm-hmm. really sheepish and awkward about it. Two points, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. You thought that Harvey would threaten Nick at gunpoint to make Nick perform a scene for him. Just like in your plot. Just like in my plot. It's ridiculous plot. how similar our plots were, and we didn't even work together on it. Yeah. I guess we were both thinking of a different movie. Yeah. But we were both wrong. And we were both wrong on Harvey's character, which, again, just really threw a wrench in our plots. Yes. You thought that Harvey would want Nick Cage to kill a man they kidnapped for real. And you'd also reveal that he has Abby and Olivia as hostages. I give you a point because he does have uh, Abby and Olivia as hostages. As we've discussed in my plot, he kind of invites them over and Nick Cage is weirded out by it. Yeah, that's right. But in your plot, Harvey's using them as leverage to get Nick Cage to do what he wants to perform for him. Yeah, which wasn't the case in the movie. No. So, Nick kills the man in a dramatic scene. Now, that does not happen, but he does kill people, so I'll give you a point. And he does scream while he does it as well. (laughs) So, it's dramatic. (laughs) Nick promises his wife and daughter that he'll do anything to protect him. Two points that exactly mm-hmm. happens. He tells them exactly that. You thought that Lucas would be like Harvey's dragon. It's set up no, to be no, like No, no, I was this. completely wrong about this. So, the the guy who I mentioned, Jacob Scipio, he is in the movie, but he's Harvey's bodyguard. And then he ends up being the dragon for Lucas later on. If you oh, remember, okay. uh, the girls end up killing him with the Jeep at the end of the movie. Right. So, that's that character. I that's thought you right. were talking about Lucas here. No, I wasn't. 
Well, I guess in a way you're right. I gave you a point anyway, but he is the dragon of- And when we say dragon, we mean like, you know, he's heavy. He's, yeah. He's bodyguard. The, he's, the henchman in a James Bond movie. odd job, his jaws. Yes. And he is to the main antagonist, which is Lucas. So, the reference is sort of like that whole Cinderella thing, or is yeah. it Sleeping Beauty? I yeah. can't remember. One of those movies- Either Where, you know, the, the bad guy's a witch, but the witch has a dragon protecting the princess. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess the main thing is, is we were wrong. We thought Harvey was going to be the bad guy. The bad yeah. guy is actually Lucas. Harvey is like the fall guy that is the figurehead, the person yeah. everybody thinks is the crime uh, lord. That's right. But it's actually Lucas working from behind the scenes. And Lucas That's is really right. intimidating Harvey to do this. We didn't guess that. No. Really screws up our whole plots. And it was a twist in the movie, too. And it is a twist in the movie. Which, remember, we said there was, they said there was going to be a twist in the movie, and that's what it was. Yes. Pretty lame twist, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just to clarify your point again, the actor that I was talking about was Harvey's bodyguard. So, in a way, I was right, but he was actually working for Lucas. So, he was there to keep Harvey in check for Lucas. Yes. So, in that respect, you were on the right track. So, you thought that there would be a scene in which there would be some buyers- Buying, I guess, drugs. Yeah, a drug deal. And this would all go wrong. Harvey uh, gives Nick Cage a gun and tells him to kill the buyers. And Nick doesn't start a gunfight. None of this happens in the movie. No, of course Nick not. Nick tries to shoot Harvey, but is out of bullets. And instead of Harvey being mad, he's actually happy that Nick Cage is embracing his character. He's like, oh, you're being crazy and spontaneous. Exactly what I want you to be. This is great. Doesn't happen. Nope. Uh, in the movie at all. He said that Nick asks Harvey for a machine gun, which I love, because uh, he says it's going to help him get into character. Harvey agrees, but only if he shoots his family. This is in your plot. This does not happen in the no. movie. No exchange like this happens. And you said that Nick looks like he's about to shoot his family, but spins around and shoots Harvey. No, of course that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen in the movie. He does threaten Harvey at gunpoint. He does. He pulls a gun on Harvey. Yep. Pulls his golden guns on Harvey, but not a machine gun. So I guess you get a point for that, or at least half a point. You said that this whole exchange would start a gunfight with Harvey and his goons, and you describe it as a low budget. Well, Harvey's dead, so just the goons. Not at this point, right? In your no, point? no, no. So the whole killing of Harvey starts a gunfight. Oh, right, yeah. In my plot, in but not plot, in the actual movie. Right. In the actual movie, in the actual movie, there is a gunfight. <laughs> so I give yeah, you a enough. point for that. And it's a gunfight at the end with Harvey and the goons. Harvey's on uh, Nick Cage's side. That's right. But so a gunfight against Lucas. It's a gunfight. Movie. Yes, against Lucas. You thought that Harvey's wife would be taken out by Olivia because you thought that Gabriella was going to be a bad guy. Now, no, bad that girl. doesn't happen. No, of course not. Doesn't happen. Uh, and you said that Nick Cage would drive off into the sunset as the mansion blows up. Does not happen. You nope. said that the CIA are involved for intel, but don't actually do anything to jeopardize the mission. Two points. That pretty yeah. much happens. Yeah. They're and useless. Completely useless. And that's everything you got right. I'm going to throw in a bonus point here. One bonus there point for your- Offhanded, offhanded remark. Offhanded remark that it was the president's daughter that they were saving, which was exactly the plot. Yes. And with that, well, how do you think you did, by the way? Uh, fairly well. I'd probably say about the same as you. Uh, with the bonus point there, you got 33 and a half. Oof. A little bit behind you, but I'm still, yeah, that's exactly what I expected, pretty much. A lot of your points were at the start, Kieran. Yes. <laughs> and then they yes, same as you. it off. Same as me. So, I was a bit more scaled back than you were, but it still didn't really help me out because, like we said, we just had a completely wrong impression of the movie. But did we like the movie that they actually gave us? Matty D, what are your thoughts on the unbearable weight of massive talent? Yeah. I really like this movie. There you go. I really like this movie. I thought it was really different and original, and I really liked yeah. that. Um, I I thought they had a fun time. I was laughing through the movie. I yeah. was really enjoying myself. I thought the movie had a really nice heart to it as well. Mm. I kind of bought we into that. We weren't expecting that. No. I, I thought the, you know, 
Pedro and Nick Cage did a great job. I love the fact that Nick Cage was willing to poke, you know, fun, poke fun at himself, which I really enjoyed. He really like went in. Like, went all in and, like, Yeah, he didn't half-ass it. An obnoxious, drunk, you know, self-obsessed guy. And, you know, yeah, he did. Did you like the bit where he jumped into the pool and just was drinking a beer sitting on the bottom <laughs> of the pool? <laughs> yes. That was probably my favourite shot in the movie. My- I was just like, was the beer still in the bottle? <laughs> One of my favourite bits is where they go and jump over the wall. Oh, yes, they're, they're <laughs> on acid and they're trying to climb over the wall, but Pedro can't get up because he's too short. <laughs> Sorry, Harvey can't get up because he's too short. And, they, you know, they have this big dramatic scene. Yeah. That ended up being in the trailer. So, that was spoiled for me oh, going I, into the I never movie. watched the trailer because we didn't really need to watch it because, no. you know, it wasn't, you know. Part of homework, part, no. Part of homework, exactly. No, I love this movie. I thought- yeah, they're stuck on opposite sides of the wall, but it turns out the wall's only like a foot long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a great but scene. But you loved the movie. Yeah, I did. I, and I thought it really- what I really liked about it was it really paid homage to, like, movies and movie fandom. Yes. That's what I really liked about it. And, and the whole movie was about the movie itself. It was yes. very meta because the movie that they write ends up being the movie itself. So. Yes, that's right. And, and so, you know, it gives them a lot of chance to explore what kind of movie it is and uh, just the state of these kind of movies as absolutely. well. And just current Hollywood movies at the same time. Yeah, talk, talking about Hollywood movies, talking about the fact that a movie like this can't exist and, you know, the I really love the fact and that- And it they, won't do well, which was true. Which is true. And I love the fact that they end up going and watching Paddington 2 and enjoying yes. it rather than all the pretentious stuff Nick Cage is talking about you yeah, know, early on. Yeah, the of Dr. Calgary. Which I was like, oh man, this is this is what this movie's about. It's about like just enjoying cinema for cinema's sake and being together. And I don't know, I thought it was really well executed, so I really enjoyed it. And in the climate of movies that we get all the time, it was something a little different, so it's I enjoyed it. It's a breath it a of fresh air. God, yeah. It was along the lines of nobody, in my opinion. Okay. I, I, As in, there's something different. It takes a genre and sort of takes a lighter tone with it and, and gives us something funny and fresh. Uh, I liked it a bit more than nobody. In fact, I liked oh, it enough. a lot more than nobody. And I think nobody kind of reminds me of a few other action movies that are going Yeah, fair on. enough. Well, you, still, you still enjoyed nobody. I, I did, remember yeah. from that episode. I, I did enjoy nobody. But um, yeah, I like this more. And, and I would recommend anybody to watch this movie. Sure. So, that's your first time watching Opinion. Yes. I've got to say, when I saw this in the cinemas, I really enjoyed it. I, I, at the time, I would have said it was one of the better movies of that year. But I've got to say, this movie, having watched it two times now, this is a very much a one and done movie for me. Like, okay. It's a sort of movie where you can watch it one time, have a great time. You're not going to have the same experience watching it a second time because everything, you know, you know everything that's going to happen. There's no tension knowing that. And it's just not funny enough or fun enough to really warrant a second viewing. So, it's a really good first-time experience. This is the case with me for a lot of movies. Like, it's a really good one-time experience, but there's no need to ever watch this movie a second time. I don't know if you'd agree with that unless you actually went out and watched the movie a second time. Sure. Maybe I would, I'd be of the same opinion if I watched it a second time. I think it would be a movie I wouldn't watch straight away. You know what I mean? I would. Well, I had a, about a year or two between, oh, okay, that's between a long time. watching. So, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't enjoy it as much the second time, but I really did have a good time the first time around. So, I'm not going to take that away from the movie. I'd probably be as glowing as you if I'd just watched it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But since that's not the case, and since for me it doesn't hold up on repeat viewings, I'm going to say that this is a good movie, not a great movie. Yeah, sure. So, was it just the fact that there was nothing kind of- what well, Once you knew what was happening, there was nothing- It's too really. slow once you know what's happening. Okay. That's the thing. Like, I don't really care enough to like be engaged a second time around knowing all the twists and turns. 
So, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I've never liked or really watched the movie... Oh, what's the one with um, Kevin Spacey? The Usual Suspects. I know what the the outcome of that movie is in advance, because it was spoiled, you know, basically immediately as soon as the movie came out. Everyone and that's like, the thing about that movie. Kevin Spacey's the bad guy. And then every time I've sat down to watch the movie, I know all the twists and turns. So I'm like, well, I don't want to sit there through the whole procedural until they work it out for themselves, because I already know. So, therefore, I'm, I don't have the investment in the movie. So, it's sort of similar in this circumstance where I'm like... All right, I know all the twists and turns. I know all the, the joke punchlines. So I, I just didn't have as much of a good time the second time around. But if I can sit down and watch a movie and enjoy it every time I watch it, I'll be like, that's a great movie. This was a good movie. Fair. So I don't want to take away from your glowing recommendation. But yeah, maybe- We're allowed to have different opinions. Yeah, again. give it a second watch in a couple of years or just when you feel like it and see if it holds up. But who cares about our opinions on this movie? We want to know what your opinion is. So if you have seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, if you're one of the few people who apparently have seen this movie- <laughs> Please let us know your thoughts. Did you really like it? Were you lukewarm on it? Did you hate it? Are you a fan of Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Just give you what you wanted. I him. don't think this movie quite gave us what we wanted as Nick Cage fans, to be honest, because it wasn't as insane as we thought it was going to be. Clearly not. But it was still, it still had a lot of heart, and I think that drove it over the line. But I think if it was a little bit more over the top, kind of like how we predicted, I think we would have. I think I would have liked it better, to be honest. If it was one of our plots, I think I would have liked it more as it well. It would have been a masterpiece. would have been a masterpiece. But as it is, it just stands on its own as a, a pretty good movie. We're, we're great writers, Kieran. We can't hold everyone up to our standards. But yes, let us know your thoughts. Send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site, or you can just find us on our social media pages at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for the caution symbol that accompanies all of our podcast media and its surroundings. So, before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting the plot of next week. Of course, we're going back to predicting a movie, and we're going to have to get a wriggle on because this movie is going to be in cinemas by the time we do the episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because next week, we're talking about the follow-up to a movie that we've done in the past. Our second ever episode was Shazam, and we're covering the sequel to Shazam. We always knew that we were going to one day. Here we go. So, next week, we're covering Shazam, Fury of the Gods. This is going to be a movie where we team up quite like the Shazamily themselves. We're going to team up to be working this one out together. So, please join us next week for Shazam Fury of the Gods and until then we'll be back not that we went anywhere the fuck are you talking about we haven't worked since you were 15 41 years to be number 7 on the call sheet of a goddamn student film I think it's a good idea you listen to me you're Nick need a struggling artist for a father she needs you to be a star now you get the next one baby and we're back not that we went anywhere not that we went anywhere